Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamara Beckley with Your Caring Dogs. That's right, where we bring you lots of health, wellness information so you feel empowered, take an active role in your health. But we have a great segment, which I'm always super excited to do, which is our Your Caring Dogs, Dogs Who Cares. That's when we have dogs from all over the world, where we bring you health and wellness info. The best thing about it is that these dogs are dropping gems, right? And not only that, they're going to drop their info. So if you'd like to be a patient of theirs, if you'd like to be a client, part of their team, you know where to find them because it'll all be here on our Your Karen Docs page. Today, I am super excited to have one of my, like, she's a friend in my heart. You know what I mean? We haven't met in person but we've known each other for a little while now. So she's a friend in my heart. We'll call that Dr. Karen Kaufman. I'm going to give you a little bit about Dr. Kaufman and you'll see why she is so awesome. All right. So Dr. Karen Kaufman went to medical school at Nova Southeastern University College of Osteopathic Medicine. After that, she did her residency at Naval Medical Center in San Diego. That's right. We have a vet right here. She's absolutely awesome. She also did a fellowship at LSU. Um, Health Science Center, and she did that in allergy and immunology. She is founder and CEO of Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology out in the VA. Woo, everyone. Welcome, Dr. Karen Kaufman. Woo, our allergists and immunologists extraordinaire in the Virginia. Woo, welcome. How are you? Thank you. you? Thank you, Tamara. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here today. It is my pleasure. Honestly, it is. So, I mean, we are here. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have heard allergies, 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 allergies. So let's go over what an allergist and an immunologist does. Well, that's such a good question because as a specialist, I am a type of doctor that people will usually you know, seek out to find, um, to get their questions answered about problems that they've been suffering from. So whether we're talking about symptoms that we associate with environmental or food allergies, problems with asthma, problems with their skin, like hives or swelling, bad eczema, or even recurrent infections that may, you know, continue on and on and on, where people just feel like they're suffering from all of these symptoms and they don't have an answer as far as, you know, why is this happening to them and how do they fix it? These are the patients that come to see me in my office. So I see children and adults mm -hmm. and we go through the whole gamut of the allergic and immunologic history to try and figure out what are the questions that we have? What are the problems that we need to solve? What are the symptoms that are driving these patients bonkers? And, and then we fix all of that stuff. So um, it's really a true gift to be able to help give people answers to problems that have been, you know, bothering them that other doctors maybe can't figure out. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's what I do over here in my office. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, a lot of people always think about allergies in the springtime. Oh, the springtime's coming, the pollen, oh, allergies, allergies, allergies. However, um, there's more than spring. There are other seasons that are out there. And then there's some people who are still suffering, even though it's no longer spring. So let's talk about the winter sufferers, right? <laughs> there are some people who are just suffering in silence in the wintertime. So winter allergies, let's think Let's talk about like 
what is it that people are not thinking about with allergies in the winter time? <laughs> there, there's just so much. So, <laughs> so we're going to break it down for you. Okay. Yes. So, you know, like you said, a lot of people think about seasonal allergy and pollen. So not only do we have pollen in the spring, which is our tree pollen, but we also have pollen in the summertime. Summer is our grass season. And in the fall, we've got our weed season. So depending on where in the country you live and what your climate is like, here in Virginia, we're, you know, we're very mid-Atlantic. We're very, we have these kind of temperate winters. And sometimes our fall season prolongs into winter because ragweed, which is a major fall pollen, actually will continue pollinating usually until the first frost. So sometimes here in Virginia that happens around Thanksgiving time. Sometimes it's not till January. So you have to remember that sometimes pollen can hang around in the winter too. But we're going to talk about some of the non-pollen problems that we see with allergy in the winter time. And I will say the first thing from an allergic standpoint that we see, we have to remember um, our indoor allergens. So some of the major indoor allergens that we see um, include house dust mites, which are tiny little microscopic mites that, that live with us at home. They live in our pillows, our mattress, our sheets, blankets, sofa, carpeting, all of that stuff. And they're allergenic particles we breathe in and out through our nose and mouth predominantly while we're sleeping. So major cause of symptoms of nasal congestion, post-nasal drip, and even skin itching and eczema flare. So that's a big one. Um, dust mites do flare in humidity. So sometimes in the wintertime, we find it to be a little on the drier side, mm -hmm. but we have really humid fall season here. So sometimes that kind of carries on and our dust mites are much more proliferative going into the winter. In the winter, we spend a lot of time indoors. Yes. So we're home with our pets that we all got during the pandemic, right? Our <laughs> pandemic puppy dogs and kittens and all that I stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, pandemic pets was a big thing in this last, you know, year and a half or so where, you know, we're home all the time. We brought these furry family members now into our household. And now we're dealing with a lot of indoor allergens um, from our, our pets at home. So that's a big one that we see in the in the winter time as well. Um, Mold spores are year-round allergens. Again, we're mostly talking about indoor molds at this point because really we're, we're inside a lot. We're having a lot of exposures. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly, you know, I see of all the people that I see with like your upper respiratory nasal allergy, um, which we call rhinitis, believe mm -hmm. it or not, only about 75% have allergies at all. And this is so interesting. So about twenty five percent. Interested, right? Well, so like through that. <laughs> so twenty five percent of people who have rhinitis symptoms. So again, rhinitis is like your runny, stuffy, drippy, sneezy, post nasal drainage, mm -hmm. pressure in the face, all that stuff. Um, about twenty five percent are completely non allergic and. Interestingly, these are the folks that come in and they say, I'm allergic to tobacco smoke. I'm allergic to perfume. I'm allergic to my cleaning products, right? So these aren't actually true allergies, mm -hmm. but they're irritant symptoms that we get from breathing in and out a lot of these particulates. And we can see from other stuff too, like candles. Oh gosh, all the scents of the season. People get out their seasonal candles or seasonal oh, yes. plugins. Oh, that yes. stuff can massively drive symptoms. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So all of that stuff can also drive symptoms in a non-allergic mechanism. I see a lot of that in the winter. Oh, wow. So it's really just the body's reacting to the irritant and yeah. then thinking that this is an allergy. The body's just well, doing its job. 
right. So the symptoms are the same, but the mechanism is different, which is right. fascinating. So what we what happens is we inspire these particulates, and believe it or not, this can even happen with pollen mm. or other environmental allergens in people that don't have allergies. Oh, wow. this happens all the time. People come in and they say, you know, I have these really really severe allergies. I've gone to the you know local drugstore. I've taken all the OTC stuff and nothing helps me. You know, I've taken all these different antihistamines. I've tried them all. Mm -hmm. I must have the most severe allergies that there are. And as it turns out, maybe sometimes 25% of the time, they're not allergic. And so the problem is, is that they're just treating the wrong problem. So the mechanism is different. And what happens is the nerves that are in the central part of our face become stimulated as we inspire these irritants, Mm -hmm. blood vessels in the nasal cavity start to dilate. And then we start experiencing a lot of symptoms of congestion and drainage. Right. Fascinating stuff. The body is fascinating. I mean, I don't know. I've always been super enamored with the body. And the more (laughs) that I learn about everyone's specialty, the more I'm just like, ah, there we are. Super cool. And and don't even get me started on the immune system because, you know, you get a bunch of immunologists in a group to, you know, (laughs) wax intellectual and we'll get, we'll all start talking about how fascinating like our favorite cells are. It's it's, it's really funny. The army, the defenses and everything. I mean, it's really, really fascinating how our body helps to protect us. And in doing so, we might have a little bit of symptoms, but it's, you know, the deeper root is that it is putting up its barrier and protecting us. Yeah, so, you got it. You know, it's winter season. We're talking, we have the indoor allergies. We now a lot of people are having hives. Oh, we, yeah. You know, let's talk about that. What is hives? They're like, oh, you know, I'm having hives. Okay, we'll do right. what hives are. Okay, let's so. <laughs> So hives is just a descriptive term for another word we use for the same thing called urticaria. But depending on, you know, where you grew up, you're going to hear a lot of other terms used for this as well. Some people call them welts. Some people call them whelps. It just depends on where you grew up, right? Or maybe where you're where your grandma's from or something like that. So yeah, lots of different words that we use for this, um, this type of rash. And it's a skin rash that has four major properties to it. So Typical hives are going to be pink or red in color. They're going to be locally raised or swollen. So you can identify where they're located by touching them. They're, you know, they're just at least a little bit above the skin surface. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually they itch like crazy Mm -hmm. and they're transient. And what that means is that they have this appearance of coming and going, of changing shape, of changing location, sometimes even migrating around your body or whatever. But typically with typical hives, with resolution, the skin goes back to normal, like it, yeah. like they were never there. And so people feel very inclined when they have to take lots of photos of their symptoms. So that way, when they get to their visit, they can say, look, I'm telling but you, this see, is really I told you, it does happen. I know it's not going on now, but I have a photo to prove it. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> right, which is awesome because, you know, back in the, in the dark ages when we didn't have, you know, cell phones that had cameras on them, we just had to elicit our patients to describe, our, describe their rashes. So now it's great. Everyone comes in with all their <laughs> pictures. But we do see a lot of hives in the wintertime. And, you know, gosh, I could, I could talk to you all day just about hives by themselves. But I will tell you that there's a lot of reasons why hives happen without an obvious trigger. Okay, so most of the time when we're talking about allergic reactions or reactions of immediate hypersensitivity, the triggers for the most part pretty obvious most of the time. 
whether it's an ingestion, whether it's a sting, whether we took an antibiotic, or maybe, you know, we got in contact with our environmental allergens, like maybe our pandemic puppy started to lick us. And now we have five (laughs) distribution of contact. That's, that stuff is pretty obvious. And so that's generally what we see in the realm of allergy. But in the wintertime, we tend to see that hives sometimes will pop up without an obvious reason. And it's everyone scratching their head. What did I do? What did I eat? Oh, and then they'll tell you like, um, I went to see maybe my primary or I went to urgent care, I went to the ER and they were asked questions like, did you change your detergent? Did you change your soap? Have you used a new lotion? That's like the trifecta of baseline questions. Yeah, so (laughs) um, what actually happens most of the time is we're talking about an immune response. So when you talk about, you know, what are the cool like defenses that our immune system can do, hives sometimes are a byproduct of our immune system doing the right thing. So think about it this way. Mm -hmm. Let's say you get somebody else's germs, right? We don't even need to name it into a different type of infection or anything dramatic. It doesn't even necessarily need to need to mean that the patient is having symptoms. Um, but let's say, let's say you've got somebody's germs, right? Maybe you've had like a little runny nose or a light cough or something like a mild cold, right? So what happens is our immune system, which is in this constant state of surveillance, recognizes, okay, there's something here that's right foreign to me. It's not part of my body. It's not part of myself. And this is something that's also dangerous to me, right? A virus or whatever kind of pathogen it is is gonna cause me to have problems. So we need to start to take measures to get rid of it. And we do that by mounting an an immune response where we start to replicate massive, massive, massive amounts of antibodies to do that. Mm -hmm. And our antibodies um, work with our T cells and they make this immune response and help to get rid of this problem, okay? And so they do that right? Our immune system is super stealth and like they can totally do that. So they do their job. And then normally what happens is that after our immune cells do that, the immune system will get rid of the antibodies, most of them. And this is a process that's called contraction homeostasis, which absolutely has to happen because if we kept all of the antibodies we've ever made in our lifetime, they literally would be spilling out our ears yes. and we'd have no room for our like bones and our organs. We would be full, full, full of antibodies. Okay. So we have to get rid of them. It's in a constant state of surveillance from the time you exit that womb onward. <laughs> Can you yes, imagine? Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely right. So what happens is when these antibodies are in excess of what is needed, right? The pathogen is now on its way out, right? We're getting better. The germs are going away. Sometimes there is a lag in time between when this happens to when our immune system then gets rid of the antibodies. Mm. And so we basically get these antibodies that don't have a whole lot of better stuff to do. They're kind of a little bit bored and they just go for a little swim around in our bloodstream circulation. And where these sometimes end up is on receptors that are on the surface of these immune cells called mast cells and trigger the release of histamine, which is what ultimately will cause hives and sometimes swelling on our skin. So these are those leftover on our way out, but haven't made it to the exit sign yet. Correct. Dangling around 
and they're just danglers. Just you guys. danglers looking for something to do. Ends yep. up at that area where our body's like, oh, and that, right. so that for all those who are listening, or that was my sound effect for the histamine release. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is the histamine release. So what happens then is we see histamine now engaged with receptors that are in the skin and it's with the receptors in the epidermis or the most superficial layer of skin that are going to manifest with hives. Mm -hmm. And we tend to see these hives pop up without an obvious trigger and be present usually day after day after day for usually days to weeks even. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they just go away. So it's interesting because no matter what we do to treat them and we do stuff to treat them because Hives are very uncomfortable. Remember, the itching is brutal and it's very disruptive to people's quality of life. But even if we literally did nothing, these are self-limited problems and the whole thing is going to go away completely and spontaneously when we're talking about hives in this regard. So of this particular of this particular type. But we see this a lot in the winter time because in the winter time, right, we're indoors more as we share more germs with other people. So, you know. Before pandemic life began, <laughs> this, was, this was like probably the number one most common thing I would see causing hives in my office, especially hives without an obvious trigger. This was like public enemy number one. However, now we do great things like we wear our masks mm-hmm. and we wash our hands more. I mean, we washed our hands then. We wash our hands more. more. We carry sanitizer with us everywhere, right? We consciously don't touch our faces. So, you know less and less in the, in the last wow. year to two years because of these measures that we're taking, certainly the, the amount of, of hives that are due to infectious triggers has gone down. Isn't but that's still amazing. a thing. All of these preventative measures, how it's helping in other aspects, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. this wasn't the intent, but look, positive effect from right. covering and masking up right. and washing hands. Right. <laughs> And what's interesting about these types of hives, mm-hmm. these particular hives that show up without a trigger, they go on day after day after day. Again, they're self-limited. They resolve by themselves. One thing that's important for patients to recognize, and this is really important to come and see an allergist immunologist for this, mm-hmm. is because we want to differentiate the difference between this problem and an allergic trigger where when we're talking about allergy, we're talking about symptoms that are within the spectrum of a more systemic response. And that could be dangerous, right? This is what we're talking about anaphylaxis, where in this case, we're talking about skin limited symptoms. So bothersome, not dangerous. So seeing an allergist immunologist, super important. Super important. Why? Because it helps to differentiate. So we're not going out there and self-diagnosing. That is the important aspect. And this is what I want to emphasize. It happens, but it's best to be seen by an expert who can help to differentiate the mild versus the one that can eventually lead to anaphylaxis, which is the emergency of allergies. So we're talking about that, you know, it's winter season and we're talking about winter allergies. So we've talking about the ragweed that's going on. We've talked about the um, congestion that our body's just really just doing its job with 25% of the populations thinking that they're having an allergic reaction when it's really not. And then we're just talked about the self-limiting um, hive that occurs. Now, another thing that is just so, so bothersome for those who have it is eczema. Oh my yeah. goodness. That 
flares. It's ugly to the head in the wintertime. Let us talk about, because some people have eczema and all they know is I have eczema, but they don't know what eczema is. (laughs) It's a good question. It's a good question. So eczema is a very kind of generalized term that we talk about inflammatory skin rashes. And in this case, when we're talking about eczema that's driven by allergy, we can see problems happen because of the presence of food allergies, which is most often I would say in young children or in an adult with very moderate to severe um, eczema. We see it because of environmental allergies, again, especially dust mites, furry animals, things like that. The indoor environmental allergies, we see a lot of eczema. We see eczema during the pollen seasons as well, but certainly um, environmental allergens can be a trigger. And then especially in our older kids, our teens and our adults, Um, we can actually see an allergic contact dermatitis that drives this stuff. So the the whole concept behind eczema is that there are these underlying triggers that actually drive some immune dysregulation in our skin. Hmm. And because of that, there are two major problems. Number one, which is skin itching, which is an internal sensation of itchiness. Hmm. And number two is dryness. Hmm. And then the more dry we are, the more itchy we are, which is why the wintertime is a problem for a lot of folks with eczema, right? Because the air is drier, we're running our heat, we're losing moisture due to a faulty moisture barrier in our skin, and then we're itchier. Hmm. So actually the rash that we see of eczema happens because of scratching, rubbing, manipulating the skin in some way, And then what we see of this rash is actually an inflammatory response. So I actually suffer from eczema myself, and this is interesting. So I have hand eczema. And so for me, the wintertime is really tough. I do a massive amount of hand washing. I use a ton of hand sanitizer. And every time I wash and dry my hands, right? So I'm rubbing my hands with paper towels in my office. It's no different than scratching, right? It's putting, it's adding inflammation to my hands. And so when I'm losing that much more moisture into the air, my skin definitely is worse in the wintertime. So um, when we talk about management of eczema, number one, seeing an allergist is super important to get to the bottom of why is it happening in the first place, right? right? If we just treat the rash without figuring out the underlying cause, we're going to go through a lot lot of topical anti-inflammatories over and over and over again, because you know, the problem's not going away. So we want to identify the problem. We want to aggressively moisturize the skin. And then we want to use some topical anti-inflammatories when we need to, to manage the rash that's there from the inflammation. So very, very important to, to know these concepts of eczema and then to also go see an allergist because you want to get that diagnosis of why is this happening? I see this all the time, right? Patients come in and they're like, well, I've been applying this topical steroid that's been prescribed for me, but I I don't want to use it anymore. And every time I stop using it, the rash comes back. So why do I have it? Good question. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's dig deeper, right? Is it a food allergy? Is it an allergy and environmental? So when you're just putting a bandaid on it, once you rip the bandaid off, you're right back where you started. So you got it. Find the underlying cause, then that will help to manage the symptoms and maybe help to reduce all of that irritation that you're having. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now let's talk about, this is our last topic. I mean, I'm, I'm like pulling everything I can out of, (laughs) if you 
if you have not noticed, <laughs> I am like sucking all of this info out of her for all of us who want to know about those allergies and what acts up in the wintertime. So now we talk about eczema for those who are in the medical field, you usually associate eczema and we're taught eczema with asthma. So this is our last info that we're going to suck out of her because she does have to see patients. We understand <laughs> Appreciate it. But Dr. Kaufman, tell us about asthma, especially it's flaring up in the wintertime. For sure. So, so asthma is something I see a ton, right? So asthma is in the name of my practice. So allergists manage asthma. Not all asthma has to go to a pulmonologist. So, you know, when we're talking about asthma, we're talking about an inflammatory problem of the bronchioles, right? And these problems of inflammation can happen extrinsically because of five big things, right? And a couple of them are things we see in the wintertime. So one, which is infection, right? So we call that bronchitis, right? So inflamed bronchioles due to infection um, can happen in the wintertime. There's a lot more germs, right? So that's a big one we see in the winter. Of course, allergen exposure. So this is our patients who have their, their pandemic puppy dog allergy, right? And they're home with their pets <laughs> through the winter. Their asthma may flare because of exposure. Or here's another version I see a lot in the wintertime. I'm traveling for the holidays to visit my in-laws and they have a fill in the blank for a pet that gives you problems cat. They have a cat. They have three cats. Mm -hmm. And I get there and all of a sudden I can't breathe, right? So so, you know, allergens are major triggers and we can see those indoor allergens triggering asthma in the winter. Respiratory irritants, just like we talked about irritants with non-allergic rhinitis, they can drive asthma symptoms too. So lower respiratory symptoms from irritants. Yes, cold air. Cold air is a major trigger. And when do we find cold air? Winter. In the winter right? time. <laughs> in the winter time. So cold air is a major trigger for asthma symptoms, right? People are going outside to, you know, walk their dog or they're shoveling their driveway or they're just going for a walk to get some exercise and fresh air. And all of a sudden they're having chest tightness and they're they're experiencing symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is exercise. So how about those those of us who like to maybe go for a run outside, even when it's in the winter, and we we you know listen to our run coach who says wear this run gear and go out and get your yes. exercise. Shout out to Dr. Michelle Quirk. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Quirk. She tells me what to wear. But when I go out and run, I'm, I may have my asthma flare. So when we're talking about these these things relating to um, asthma flare, what actually that means is that the inflammation happens in the walls of the bronchial tube. So I say this all the time in my office. When I look at a bronchial tube head on, I like to think about looking at a bicycle tire, right? So we think about a tube as just being like this circle, but you got to remember there's a little bit of thickness to the wall of the tire, right? So think about think about having a like a 10-speed road bike as your bronchial, right? right? So when you have one of these triggers, what actually gets inflamed is the wall of the tire. So now maybe we're talking about a mountain bike tire, right? Mm -hmm. It may not be dramatically bigger, but it's bigger, right? It's a bigger tire, but it's a thicker tire, okay? So as that wall pushes outward, wrapped around those bronchial tubes is a muscular band or strap and little pieces of cartilage to help it keep its natural structure, right, wide open so the air can go in and out. Mm -hmm. And when we get that inflammation there, we're pushing outward against that muscular strap, and that leads to symptoms of chest tightness and spastic contraction of that muscle, which is cough, 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 okay? Yeah. And then we also are losing a little bit of our internal diameter because the tire is thicker, right? So that we lose that internal space. 
And that's when we start to feel short of breath. We start developing mucus production. And what we hear or feel as wheezing is just the turbulent flow of air going through there versus going straight through because there, you know, it's a wide open space. So these are the symptoms that we see with asthma. And you can see there's lots of things to trigger symptoms in the winter time. So no matter whether you're experiencing problems with repetitive coughing or chest tightness, or maybe just you get a little short winded, or maybe you're hearing or feeling some abnormal kind of squeaky type feelings that we describe as wheezing. These are all indications to go get evaluated and to see your doctor and, um, and allergists certainly are asthma specialists that manage this stuff. So you can come and see me. Absolutely, absolutely. I do not know about all who are listening, watching, or even at this point, if you're reading from the blog, <laughs> but we just delivered a ton of information, jam-packed. And I think we've probably been here for maybe going on just 30 minutes, but we have just learned so much from Dr. Kaufman. We went over, and, and the thing is that we just talked about one season, if you guys didn't even notice, right? <laughs> we talked about winter and how winter allergies in the different ways that it affects those who do have allergies, right? So we learned, we just learned about how winter allergies for those with asthma, how it affects and irritates um, and causes the flare-up of asthma, the flare-up of eczema, We've learned about hives and we've learned about 25% of you guys who really are not really having an allergic reaction. <laughs> but and then 75% who are. are. <laughs> and 75% of you guys who truly are. Yes. And we learned about even when you go to visit your in-laws and, you know, three new cats. Oh, can't breathe. Oh, yes. So, you know, at least finding out ahead of time about the two, the three new um, pandemic pets and seeing your allergist ahead of time will help you to have a wonderful holiday season, right? Yeah. So we have dug and we have pulled out all of this knowledge out of Dr. Kaufman. And obviously, <laughs> it's obvious she has like a ton more, right? But now what we're about to do is to find out. So Dr. Kaufman, if you weren't a doctor, what would you be? Let us know. Oh, that's such a good question. So um, I think if I wasn't a doctor, what I would do is I would do special events planning and put on um, big events for fundraisers or for nonprofits or something like that. Yeah. And I would I would basically just throw big parties, um, but for a good cause. I think that's what I would love I to do. I love it. Oh, my goodness. So all of you guys who want a grand opening... If, you haven't, <laughs> if you're in the Virginia area, by the way, and you haven't stopped by Dr. Kaufman's office, beautiful, oh, beautiful, beautiful. So this is what I have to say. I don't think anyone in the Virginia area should be suffering from allergies because <laughs> the top doc right there. Dr. Karen Kaufman. And because she is such a top-notch doc, I want her to let you know where you can find her so that you don't have to suffer in silence. Go ahead, Dr. Kaufman. Yes, thank you so much. So my office, which is called Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, is located in the Washington, D.C. suburb of Vienna, Virginia. We're just on the west side outside of the Beltway. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we serve children and adults um, in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Um, you can also find me on my practice website, which is kaufmanallergy.com. 
or on social media on Facebook at Kaufman Allergy or on Instagram at Allergy. Wonderful, wonderful. Like I said, now you know where to find her. And an additional place where you can find Dr. Kaufman will be on our Your Caring Doc site because we have her as one of our top docs who cares. And you can find that at www.yourcaringdocs.com. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G. D-O-C-S. Now, this wonderful set of info will be available on our podcast, our Your Caring Docs podcast, and it'll also be available on our YouTube channel. Yeah, that's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. And we are available on other social media handles. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we are on Instagram, and we're ticking and are talking our way around TikTok. <laughs> oh, we look forward to having you Get all of this great info. Come on, let us know what you're thinking of all of this. And like I said, if you are in the greater DC area, around the v Vienna, Virginia area, no allergies allowed. Why? Because Dr. <laughs> Kaufman is there to help you. So let's thank, thank, thank Dr. Kaufman. Thank you so much for dropping all of this gem on us. Thank yeah. you for having me here. This was so fun. It was awesome. Oh, Very wonderful, cool. Wonderful. All right. So we will see you guys later. Bye.